Was the win in Boston a turning point for the LA Kings? Is Phoenix Copley the answer in net? When will Quentin Byfield get called up? And what's the future for Brant Clark after the World Juniors? We'll discuss all that and more on this edition of Locked on LA Kings with LA Kings insider Zach Dooley. You are Locked on Kings, your daily podcast on the Los Angeles Kings. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, Kings fans, welcome to Locked on LA Kings, your team every day. Thanks for making Locked on LA Kings your first listen every day. We are free and available wherever you get your podcasts and on YouTube. Please like and subscribe if you're enjoying this content. I'm Eddie Garcia, your host of Locked on LA Kings. I've worked in sports media for almost 30 years, 20 plus years at the Fox Sports Radio Network. I'm also co-host of the Puck Podcast, a weekly NHL review show that's been putting out content for the past 16 years. And of course, a passionate LA Kings fan for 30 plus years. We are happy to welcome back to the show the LA Kings insider, Zach Dooley. You can follow him on Twitter at DooleyLAK. And we are, again, happy he is back with us. Zach, thank you so much for joining us today. Eddie, thanks for having me back. Return guest, friend of the show. Like to have it. Absolutely. Uh, hope and, and you are welcome here as often as you would like to join us. <laughs> uh, you, you, were, you were on the road with the Kings, and I definitely yep. want to talk to you about that trip and how it ended. Uh, but the Kings did play a game since I recorded our last show, and they got by the Sharks 3-2 in a shootout. Trevor Moore with the shootout winner again. Uh, more on him in a moment. But, Zach, as we look for certain parts of the Kings game to improve, I wanted to focus on the penalty kill for a moment. That was specifically called out by GM Rob Blake in the aftermath of Cal Peterson being demoted. And the Kings had a couple of big kills in the win over the Bruins and then a couple of big kills against the Sharks, one in the third, one in overtime. Is the penalty kill getting any better? And if the Kings can just get that PK to be decent, is that a big factor in thing getting you know more consistent play? It's certainly gotten the timely kills, right? If you look at the two games, the Boston and the San Jose games, both games, the Kings got a penalty kill in overtime, um, which is sometimes a lot harder than in regulation because it's four on three, not five on four. Um, so it's certainly gotten the timely kills it's needed in those wins overall. Um, I think the jury's still out. I think there are still areas that the penalty kill needs to improve. Obviously, the number as a whole isn't where the Kings want it to be. Um, but in those two games, the important thing is they've gotten those big kills when they've needed them. And sometimes I think the timeliness of a penalty kill or the timeliness of a power play goal, we saw that in Boston as well. Kempe got that late power play goal. Sometimes getting the right goal or the right kill can outweigh not being where you need to be overall. And maybe that's kind of where the Kings have been in those couple of games, because overall the penalty kill still needs work. It's not at the level that the Kings want and know it can be, but it did its job at the most important time of the game. And you have to give them at least a little bit of credit for getting the job done there. So the Kings are back home after that 12 day, six game road trip. And the trip was a little bit like the season up and down, but it was capped off by a three, two shootout win over the top team, in the NHL, the Boston Bruins. And I don't know if that was the Kings' best total performance, but I certainly thought it was their biggest win coming off that embarrassing third period in Buffalo and then rallying down to nothing on the road against a team that's obviously been really good this year and in their home building, almost unbeatable. Is that a win that the Kings can really use to get them going? I mean, you hope so, right? That was kind of a bring-your-own-guts kind of win. Um, some similarities in a way. The Kings had chances both against Buffalo and in Boston. 
both games. They gave up the first goal after an extended stretch of zero, zero. Then they went down two nothing, but in Buffalo, they opened up the game. They started chasing goals, left themselves exposed at the back. We saw what happened in Boston. They kept things tight. They stayed to their style and their approach and they got rewarded with the gritty goals and the goals that they needed down the stretch without conceding the other way. And that's big. Um, You'd like to think that, yeah, it could be, you know, lessons learned moving forward. That's a win that can vault them forward. But I don't think we can say that right now because what's plagued the Kings hasn't been an ability to play the right way or play the way that they can to win games. It's doing it consistently, right? Like when they win, we see how good this team can be. But then far too often, it's been that great performance and then a setback the next day. So I think to truly say, hey, is this a turning point? Is this a is this the time that the Kings jump forward? We have to evaluate with a little bit of a longer lens. We have to see, okay, now the Kings are in a stretch, 11 to 14 games at home. The three on the road are not trips. They're one-off games away to Western Conference cities. A lot of games against the conference, a lot of games against the division. Can the Kings build in an extended stretch of games? Can they go maybe five wins from seven? It's not just about one win or two wins. It's can they play the way they want to play? And if they do that, I think that the wins will come, but can they do that over two weeks, three weeks, four weeks? And I think that's when we'll truly know, you know, okay, was that Boston game a turning point or was it just an up in a series of ups and downs? And the Kings have now won back-to-back games for the first time since back-to-back wins over the Blackhawks and Red Wings back on November 10th and 12th. And you mentioned it, Kings now have a a nice stretch of games at home, uh, 10 of 13 at home. And considering the win over Boston, and now against the Sharks in the first game back at home. Uh, also, this stretch of games seems like it could be a really important opportunity for them to get going as well. Yeah, 100%, right? Um, the Kings have had a really weird schedule. You know, they were yeah. uh, third in the league in road games um, as of when we're recording this. They have played the second most games in the league with just one night of rest off. You know, frequently this year we're seeing, you know, the Kings played two nights ago, the other teams played five. Like, they're they're not getting a lot of breaks early in the year in the schedule, but over the next month or so, they finally might be able to find some routine and they haven't had a lot of that this year. Like you said, it's 10 of the next 13. If you count San Jose, it's 11 of 14 at home. And there are no travels with more than one night at a hotel. It's Vegas, Colorado, and Arizona. Those are all up and back trips, meaning there aren't, you know, extended travels, extended flights. It's mostly all in Los Angeles until a long trip in mid to late January. So The hope is, you know, the Kings can find some consistency and some routine. They should get some more rest. They should get some more practice time, which they haven't had really all year. Um, Kings have been a decent team at home so far this year, 7-5-2, and right in the middle of the pack in the NHL. Um, And it's really a good opportunity, I think, with some divisional games on the schedule, some conference rivals on the schedule, to get some results and to find some consistency. And I, it's it's kind of an interesting dynamic with the reality of it and, you know, just with it's, it is who you are when you when you play in Los Angeles. I know Jim Hiller, the assistant coach that came over from New York. He's been mostly an Eastern Conference guy, and I know he's he's commented on how it's so different uh, playing yeah, in the Western Conference sure. and being a team like L.A. And it's like that's the reality of being a team in L.A., but you don't want to use it as an excuse, and yet there is the reality of it as well. I mean, it's not made up. It's you know moving into time zones and things like that it certainly has to play a factor in at times the performance of the team, right? I think it definitely does. And 
to, to the team's credit, no one has used it as an excuse, right? Like you don't get extra points because your schedule is harder. Um, right. It all evens out. You know, the Kings do have some some breaks at the end of the year. The month of March is basically spent entirely at home. The stretch we have coming up entirely at home. So there are breaks. There is some relief to come. But the fact of the matter is, you know, the Kings have played more games than anyone else in the league. And they've played just about as many as anybody on the road. So it has been a difficult start to the year. Um, but the Kings have overcome it um, despite all of the storylines and narratives. You know, the team sits in a playoff spot as of today when we're recording December 19th, they're where they need to be, even if maybe not quite where they want to be, but they're where they need to be to this point. And now it's about taking advantage of a more forgiving schedule in, you know, in the coming weeks and to try and keep putting points in the bank, which despite some really uh, difficult performances, they've still done a pretty good job of putting those points in the bank and giving themselves a good spot to build off of. We've got more with LA Kings insider Zach Dooley in a moment, but first I need to let you know that this episode is brought to you by Athletic Greens. With one delicious scoop of AG1, you're absorbing 75 high-quality vitamins, minerals, whole foods, so superfoods, probiotics, and adaptogens to start your day right. This special blend of ingredients supports your gut health, your nervous system, your immune system, your energy, recovery, focus, and aging. AG1 contains less than one gram of sugar, and it costs you less than $3 a day. It's just one scoop and a cup of water. That's it. No need for a million different pills and supplements to look out for your health. And to make it easy, Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com slash NHL Network. That's athleticgreens.com slash NHL Network. Take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. We've got more with Kings insider Zach Dooley. And Zach, if I would have told you 34 games into the season that Phoenix Copley would have started three straight games and Jonathan Quick and Cal Peterson were not injured, uh, what would you have thought? I don't know. Um, I, I don't know. Um, it's certainly not the script that we expected to see followed, right? Like it's, it's not what you would have expected to see. Um, but Phoenix Copley has come in and he's been exactly what the Kings have needed. He's played within his own skin. He hasn't tried to be more than he is. Uh, he's played very confidently in net. He's instilled confidence in the team through his play. And right now he's the hot hand. And, you know, as Todd McClellan said, after the win over, San Jose, he's the hot hand and expect the Kings to ride it, at least in the near future. Um, he's done what he's needed to do. He's made the saves you expect him to make. He's bailed the team out a couple of times with those highlight reel saves. But there's not a ton of movement in his game. There's not a ton of, you know, flash in his game. But he's stopping the puck right now. And he's done a really good job of it. And good on him because it's not always easy to come up as, say, a third goaltender, step in and deliver the kind of performances that Copley has, but you got to give him credit. He's done exactly what the Kings have needed him to do. No doubt. And, and, you know, this is a guy who has seen a little bit of time in the NHL, but this is a huge opportunity that he probably didn't expect to have. And just for him personally, as far as his career going forward, I mean, he's got to be an extremely, extremely motivated player, not just for the obvious to help his team win, but, you know, for his career going forward, this could be something that, you know, jumpstarts him, uh, you know, if it's not with the Kings, maybe somewhere else. I mean, it's, it's a huge, huge opportunity for him. And he seems to be taking advantage of it so far. Yeah, no doubt about it. I mean, that's it's what a guy in his position dreams of, right? Like he, he didn't sign here to necessarily be one of the two NHL goalies out of camp. He knew his role. It was the third goaltender. It was the veteran presence down in the AHL. He went down. He played extremely well with the Ontario Reign. 
Um, and when he got his opportunity, he seized it. You know, you never know as a goalie when your chance might come, right? When your opportunity might come, you never know what stage of your career it might come. You know, some guys peak at, or not peak, but some guys get there at 20, some guys get there at 25, some guys might not get there till they're 30, but it just takes an opportunity, just takes the right situation at the right time. Um, I think it's, you know, for the Kings perspective, you can't think that far down the road, right? It's about winning the next game. Um, but right now, when it comes to Phoenix Copley, like he's given them an opportunity to win every night that he's been in net. And that's what the Kings are going to hope for from him moving forward. Well, let's keep it with the goaltending position. Uh, Cal Peterson won his last start with the rain on Saturday, 19 saves in a shutout. Uh, five games so far in Ontario, eight total goals allowed. Four and one record, 1.61 goals against average, 947 save percentage. I know that GM Rob Blake said there was no set timetable for his return. Um, has that been clarified or commented on in, in any way at this point? Uh, nothing beyond that. No, um, no timetable when he was sent down and still no timetable um, for when he might come back up. But the important thing when it came to Cal was to go down and to play games consistently. You know, since he was sent down, the reign of played six games and Peterson has started five of those games. So he's getting the consistent reps that he needs. The numbers have obviously been very good. Um, so he's, you know, making the saves. He's, he's finding his game a little bit, finding his confidence down there. All things that Blake said that he wanted Cal Peterson to do with the rate. Um, it's hard to maybe sort through things at the NHL level when you play every other day and wins are at a premium. You know, you can't sacrifice for wins at the NHL level. And it, and it can be hard at the goaltending position because you can only play one guy a night. You can't move a goalie down to the fourth line to find his game. You can't give him easier minutes to find his game or reduce his ice time. He just has to play and there's no relief at that position. So, you know, obviously not the circumstance I think anybody wanted with him going to Ontario, but he's found some consistent ice time there. He's so far made the most of it and good on him because it seems like he's done it all with the right attitude. And so far the results have been pretty encouraging. And and clearly it's a very fluid situation, um, but does the Phoenix Copley emergence complicate things at all as far as when they might want to call Cal up in any way? I don't know if it complicates it, but I mean, certainly has to give you some relief in doing it, right? Because if he came up and got shelled, it's one thing, but he's come up and been very good. He's been very confident. And I think it it reduces any need to make an impulse decision. Like the Kings can follow the timeline they want to. Um they don't have to say, oh, well, we have to bring this guy back up now because we're shipping out goals left and right. You know, Phoenix Copley has been steady. He's been solid. And I think what it's done more than anything is it gives the chance, the Kings the chance to do things on their own timeline, on their own schedule. They can handle the situation how they want to because they're not in a position where they have to make a knee-jerk reaction. They can be patient. They can do um, they can do what they want with, with Cal and progress him on his own timeline so I think that's been really good is that Copley has been as good as he has obviously good for the Kings in the in the win-loss column but it allows them to remain patient with Cal Peterson and I think that's really important let's uh, shift over away from the goaltenders and talk a little bit about Trevor Moore we briefly mentioned him earlier but two straight games scoring the shootout game winner this right after in the case of the Boston game I mean great story to write about right five-year yeah. 21 million dollar extension and then he goes out and gets the shootout game winner against the top team in the NHL uh 4.25 excuse me 4.2 million per season uh career high numbers last year for Trevor in his first real full NHL season and he's on pace to put up similar numbers this season seems like a good deal for both sides uh just your comments on on Trevor Moore getting locked up for five more seasons 100 um you know 
Todd McClellan, I think, said it best after the game. He said, good things happen to good people. And, you know, mm-hmm. one of the benefits to being on the road is you get those immediate reactions from Todd. Had the chance to speak with Rob Blake about it and with Trevor about it. And the consensus from both McClellan and Blake was that Trevor Moore plays the right way on the ice, but he also does everything the right way off the ice. And then those are the important kind of guys that you want to reward with a contract like that. And, you know, when the Kings kind of tore things down a few years ago, the core of guys from the cup teams remained, but what got decimated was the secondary core of players. Your Martinez is your Muzzins, um, guys in that range to Foley's Pearson's Carter, et cetera. Those guys were all traded away. And then there was no group of younger veterans behind Kopitar, Dowdy, Quick and Brown. Now you're seeing those guys emerge. You have Adrian Kempe, you have Matt Roy, Alex, I follow, you add in Deneau, Fiala, Arvidsson, and you have a guy like Trevor Moore who is fit in very well in that group. He's kind of come up at the same pace as a guy like Kempe or like I follow. He's done things the right way. He was undrafted. You know, he wasn't a full-time NHL player when the Kings traded for him from the Maple Leafs, but he embraced the grittier side of the game. He was willing to play on the fourth line, willing to work hard, willing to kill penalties and do the things that it took to get him into the NHL on a full-time basis. And once he got there, sometimes we said it with Copley, right? Like all it takes is the right opportunity and the right fit. Playing with Deneau and Arvidsson was the right opportunity and the right fit, and he has never given that spot back. Um, so good on him. He has earned that deal. He's the, the the epitome of a guy you want to see get rewarded for doing the right things, and I think it's a good deal, like you said, for both him and for the LA Kings. And you're never going to sign someone based on where they're from, but it is something. I mean, look, when I was becoming a co- hockey fan for the first time, it was unheard of for a player to be – from Southern California. Now we're certainly seeing it dotted throughout the league and some really great players like a Jason Robertson in Dallas have ties to Southern California. Uh, you know, it is the kind of the running joke, you know, you take a drink every time you say thousand Oaks native, right? Trevor Moore, but yep, it is, yep. it is really cool to see someone who has local ties get signed by the LA Kings. And, you know, I mean, it, I think it helps the community of hockey to know that, NHL players can come from this area and it's just something that makes, um, I don't know, the hockey community a little stronger, I guess. hundred percent. I mean, that, that's perfectly said. Like it, it's really, really cool to see a guy from here, a guy who grew up in the stands watching the LA Kings. He was an LA Kings fan. And now he signs here as a key contributor for this team. And, you know, he said it after the game, he's like, I, I wanted to be here. He's like, this is where he wanted to play. He didn't really involve himself too much in the contract negotiations, but it was essentially like, Hey, I want to be here. Let's get it done. And now, now he's got a, a long-term commitment here with the Kings and five more, pun, years of Trevor Moore, Thousand Oaks native Trevor Moore. It's really cool because he is that guy who, you know, any Kings fan, any young player growing up can look to now to say, hey, like this guy who played here, he grew up here, made it. He's now an LA King and now maybe I could be an LA King too. And it, it's a really, really cool story. Like you said, you don't sign the deal like that just because he's from here, but it's really cool to see him get rewarded and, and to be here long-term. I'm going to ask Zach about a couple of future King stars in a moment, but first I need to let you know and invite you to check out Locked On Sports Today. Uh, it's a podcast that gives you the biggest stories around the sports world in 20 minutes or less, plus instant reactions, game recaps, and Locked On's take of the day. That's Locked On Sports Today, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. So a couple more questions for Zach Dooley. Uh, and I got to ask you about Quentin Byfield. Um, we talked a little bit about Cal Peterson in Ontario, but by all accounts, uh, Quentin Byfield has done very well in Ontario as well. Uh, 14 games, 14 points, nine goals, five assists. I know a lot of Kings fans are wondering 
when QB is going to get the call up, any indication on when that might happen? I think it's kind of similar with Peterson's situation. And it, we all want to put an end date on things, right? We all want firm timelines. We all want to know, hey, this is exactly when things are going to happen. But reality of these situations are, it's rarely that direct. It's always a fluid situation. The situation when he was sent down is different than it is today. And it's going to be different than it is when he is eventually recalled. Um, he will be back, you know, at some point. Um, he's gone down. He's produced offensively. Um, he's played a lot of minutes. You know, he's been a top six forward there, a power play guy there, um, had a hat trick. He, he's producing, he's scoring goals offensively, you know, certain games he's taking over and those are all really good things. Um, and that three C spot with the Kings, you know, eventually you want to see him claim that and dominate that spot. You know, Rasmus Kupari, Adrian Kempe back in the middle, Blake Lazat, they've all had looks there. They've all had some success there. Um, and QB is a guy who's also had look, some looks there. He, he played his eight games there earlier in the year, had some success with Iafalo and Velarde. You want to see him come back up and take that spot and seize it, you know, and not give it back. Um, so he's, he's made some positive steps for sure with Ontario. Um, I'd love to sit here and say he'll be up on exactly this date and he'll succeed and be great in it. But it, you just can't say that. You never know what an injury might might happen. You never know when someone else might play well or poorly in that spot. That would necessitate the call-up. So it certainly will come. There's no doubt about that. Um, but for now, it's about him playing every day with Ontario, playing massive minutes and massive roles with Ontario. And if he continues to succeed in that role, like he will be back up and he will get his chance to, to cement himself as an NHL player. The World Junior Championships are getting underway. I believe it is one week from today. Uh, and King's young defenseman, Brant Clark, finally gets selected for Team Canada. Um, now, after the tournament is over, which is going to be in the first week of January, any indication on what the Kings plan to do with Brant Clark? I mean, I think I hate to repeat myself, but I feel like it's the same thing, right? Like, you don't know what the, the landscape will look like in three weeks. Um, he's on Team Canada, which is awesome. One of three Kings prospects who will play in this tournament along with Kenny Connors with team USA and Otto Celine uh, with team Finland, you know, Clark was good in his, his time with the Kings. He showed a lot of the traits that you want to see from him um, went down to Ontario and played some games. And the tough thing for him right now is the Kings have a lot of defensemen who shoot, right? Um, it's not a secret. If you follow this team that the Kings have a lot of right shot defensemen and a lot of offensively gifted right shot defensemen. You have Sean Dersey, you have Jordan Spence, who made a season debut against San Jose. You have Sean Walker, who's a guy who excels when using his legs. And those players are all behind Drew Doughty and Matt Roy on the right side. So it's difficult for a guy like Brant Clark to come in and just cement himself as an everyday player right now because of all the depth that the Kings have on the right side. So I think, you know, you never know. We saw last year, you can't have too many defensemen in the NHL. You never know when injuries might happen or circumstances might dictate a spot opening up. Um, so I think it's probably a better question for two or three weeks from now, and we'll see exactly what the Kings will do with Brant Clark. Um, he can't go to the AHL. We know that much. So it's either LA or Barry in the OHL. Um, we'll see what happens. I think that Clark has shown he can play at the NHL level, but it's about what's best for the Kings overall and what's best for his development is playing 25 to 30 minutes a night in the OHL every night, the move, or is it maybe getting the chance to be around the NHL team, practice every day and develop NHL habits while playing a little bit of a lesser role in the lineup. So the Kings will weigh those decisions. Circumstances around Clark will help to dictate those decisions. You know, you never know what the defense is going to look like in three weeks, um, and we'll see what happens. But hopefully he goes out and, and dominates that tournament because it's what you want to see him do against his peers. 
All right, Zach, to try and put a little bit of a bow on this, one more for you. Um, Kings are 17, 12, and 5, 39 points, second in the Pacific. Now, granted, we mentioned it. They've played more games than pretty much everyone else, 34 games, four more than Seattle, who's in third. Um, I, I think it's fair to say the season hasn't gone exactly the way the Kings would have liked it, but which way would you be leaning at this point based on what we've seen so far? Should we be encouraged that the Kings are where they are without having played their best hockey or consistent hockey or – 34 games in, should we be concerned they're still trying to figure it out? It's, a, it's a, the age-old question, right? Um, yeah. It's a little bit of both. I, I'm I'm encouraged by the fact that the Kings sit in a playoff position by points percentage today, despite all of the things that you could say have gone wrong. Um, now, with that being said, if you don't figure out the consistency part over the next you know stretch of games, that's when you start to get concerned because you know you can you can tread water, be where you need to be, but eventually you have to to seize it and go on that run. We saw it last year, right around the new year. Kings got hot, they played well at home. Then they went on that road trip right before the all-star game. They went four oh and two, and they kind of cemented their status as a team that was ready to contend for the playoffs. We have to see a similar kind of run where the Kings consistently play a style of hockey that cements them as a team that's ready to take that next step and be a firm playoff team once again. So I am encouraged that the Kings have set themselves up to do that, but I think we have to see that stride and that development towards a more consistent identity for this team. And if they're able to do that, I think that Kings fans should be very encouraged because we've seen the types of performances they're capable of when they do that, but we have to see it. They got to go out there and do it. That is Zach Dooley. He is the LA Kings insider, and you can follow him on Twitter at DooleyLAK. He's got stories on the team every day, obviously following him day in and day out. So you, if you're a Kings fan, you obviously need to be following him on Twitter and going to LAKings.com and seeing the articles he's writing and all the good stuff he's doing. Zach, always appreciate your time. Happy holidays to you and your family. And as always, thank you so much for doing this. Likewise to you, Eddie. Appreciate you having me on anytime. Thank you. Uh, And thank you. Uh, for making Locked on LA Kings your first listen. Uh, Your next listen needs to be Locked on Sports Today, which is a podcast with the biggest stories of the day, plus uh, instant reactions, big game recaps, and the take of the day available on the Odyssey app and YouTube and wherever you get your podcast. If you have any questions or comments about the show or about the LA Kings you'd like me to read or to discuss or to answer, uh, the email address is LockedOnEddie at gmail.com we are on twitter at locked on la kings instagram as well at locked on la kings coming up on tomorrow's show we're going to preview tuesday night's game against the ducks at crypto.com arena also break down a little bit of the king's homestand that we talked about that's coming up Uh, also because the kings have games this thursday and friday our feedback show this week will be on wednesday so if you want to get an email question in uh, want to get a comment read or a question and answer it, you need to do it before uh, Wednesday afternoon when we record our Wednesday show. That's going to do it for today's show. Thank you so much to Zach Dooley for joining us, and thank you for joining us as well. I'm Eddie Garcia. This has been Locked on LA Kings, and we will talk to you tomorrow. As always, we close out the show by saying, Go Kings Go!